0: Welcome to Journals of Self-Discovery. Hello everyone, thanks for joining me. I just wanted to let you know that next month, November 17th through the 19th, the Tat Foundation is having its November Gathering. The title of that is The Treasure Within Our Lives, Unconnected to Experience. I'll just read a quick blurb from the page. It says, Richard Rose wrote, Beyond the Mind is a golden find. In a poem beginning, I come to you as a man selling air. Self-realization, finding our true identity, the golden find beyond the mind, is the underlying focus of all the TAT Foundation gatherings and of the sessions for our November 2017 weekend I highly recommend if you can go to this it'll be a good one November 17th through the 19th you can find out more at tatfoundation.org and you'll see a banner right on that front page and that'll lead you to more information this month on journals of spiritual discovery my guest is Norio Kushi I heard great reviews after his appearance at the August Tat Foundation meeting and I was really looking forward to interviewing him it didn't disappoint. Enjoy. Well, uh, to get started, I just wanted to thank you for uh, for taking the time out of your schedule. Uh, I know we've got a a time difference, which complicated things a little bit, but we're here now and looking forward to speaking with you.
1: Okay. Well, thank you. I appreciate you. Yeah, I appreciate the call and the opportunity to speak with you as well. So,
0: yeah. Great. So I want to just get a a little sense of your background and your upbringing and and I realize that some people are not particularly interested in talking about that but if you are I think that might help some people who aren't as familiar with you but uh I I was looking around on the internet some and uh it's my understanding that your father was uh and your mother both were uh greatly involved in the macrobiotic food movement is that correct
1: yes that's correct yeah they're they're considered the ones who uh, uh, popularized macrobiotics here in the United States although they weren't the only ones but you know, they definitely uh, are the most well known and my mother mm-hmm. what I what I tell my uh, to the what I what I like to tell people is that my mother opened the first natural food store in the United States in April 1966 on Newbury Street in Boston, and so. Wow, and uh, she's the first person to use the word organic in selling produce and and products, commodities, etc. So, wow, that's amazing.
0: Now, do you feel that? Well, let me ask you this what do you feel is the maybe the, the one of the greatest lessons or most valuable things that you learned from your parents
1: um, the the number one thing that that I feel uh, uh, influenced uh, the eventual recognition of what I now like to share with people is that, that Uh, When I was five years old, my mother uh, told me we were out having a picnic in uh, Flushing Meadows, New York. I was five years old. She was breastfeeding uh, her fourth child at that point. And uh, and, uh, she told me to always trust my feelings. And Mm -hmm. she said that feelings are what will guide me through my life and uh mm-hmm. and i I took that to heart, and uh i under- I actually understood what she was talking about because uh, that's the way she lived. She demonstrated that uh, as the way she lived, and that's how she even ended up in new york city so but uh so so that's that's been uh I feel like that that's typically we're all taught to. Trust our intellect, uh, sure. or, or use our intellect. I don't know if "trust" is mm-hmm. the right word, but to, to use our intellect as our as our guide, and it turns out um, what I've uh, discovered uh, in two thousand five that, that that is actually a poor way of navigating our life. Uh, that it, not that the intellect isn't useful for sure. It's it, it's it's a necessary part of being human, but as far as uh uh the guy the guiding uh uh light so to speak or whatever it's uh, it's our feeling body which is a much more reliable guide than than our intellect mm-hmm. so that's uh that that I would say is is probably the number one thing that uh uh, lesson, uh I learned from my mother, mm-hmm. and of course, I mean, all along the way, you know, both my parents as well as numerous friends and teachers, etc., have, of course, had influence on uh, on on you know all areas of my life. For sure.
0: Sure. Do you feel like, as a teenager? Let's say, uh, were you able to keep that advice in mind, or were you a typical impetuous, I know everything kind of teenager like myself, for example?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, I definitely went through that, but at the same time, I did, I did trust my feelings, and uh, feelings are different than emotions, and uh, and so. As a child growing up, um, because, because I found it to be a reliable guide, I continued to, to use that through my teenage years. So one of the things, for example, that occurred when I was 15 is I went into to walk to high school one morning. And uh, as I walked in through the front doors, I suddenly stopped and just watched and I was observing the faculty scurrying around getting ready for the day all the other students were arriving at, to school uh, and and all of a sudden I got this feeling like there's something wrong with this it's not it's not there's something wrong with this whole thing and uh, mm-hmm. so uh, so I I didn't know what it was. I just knew that, that, that I was finished with school. And so I turned around and I walked home and I told my mother that I was finished with school, that I wouldn't be going back. And, uh, and she s- said, okay, fine. And she never asked me a single question about it because she knew that I was going with my feelings. Wow. So, and, and I've never regretted a moment of that. Uh, decision I don't even know if I can even call it a decision it's just I just felt you know that uh, it was not there's something inherently not right about that so whole scene so I ha, and i never I've never looked back and I'm, and I'm and I'm grateful for that because I now have I now see I now know what I did pick up on um, back then mhm which is which is our conditioning programming etc without that this was an aspect of it which um, uh focuses our attention in in the thinking and the, it, and is based on maintaining a, a self identity which is actually not real so that's uh uh so mm-hmm. i mean we can get more into that later on. But but that's, that's uh, what I what I appreciate being able to share with others is, is that everything that we think we are has been programmed into us and, and is a a thinking created uh, self identity. And we are much more than, than our thoughts. I mean, we are this human being, and thinking is one of the things that we can do, like you know, Mm -hmm. twiddling our thumbs, for example, or whatever. You know, it's like, but it's not. And so, so the thinking is not primary to our being, and our Mm -hmm. self-identity is only a thought. That's and that's where, and once once we accept that primary identity as i mean that excuse me this this thought based self as who we are then our attention becomes focused in this world of thinking uh, and we completely lose touch with with our true true being our true nature which is which is infinite
0: mm-hmm. oh, you said that Feeling is different than emotion. Um, That's something that, if you had said that to me when I was a teenager, I would have had no idea what you're talking about. And to this day, I have difficulty articulating what that difference is. Can you shed some more
1: light on that? Uh, Yep, sure. Um, the, The. Uh, growing up i I knew what my mother meant but i didn't I never told anyone about it I never had to explain it it was just something i did I just went with personally mm-hmm. uh, and and it's only later once once there was the recognition how the self is created that this is only then did I see the the distinction between emotions and and feelings although intuitively or i knew i knew that there was a difference i never I, in other words i didn't when i say trust trust my feelings i never trusted emotions as a guide i was trusted feelings so there was this underlying knowing of what the distinction was though i never had examined it growing up All right so and now now what i see is that um that um, if that our, the core, our core being is infinite, and that uh, that the the energy of of uh, the infinite, so to speak, flows from our core being through different. I use the onion as an analogy: the different layers of our being, and moves through our feeling layer and then into our thinking. Uh, conceptual layer and uh, and so when we can tune into that the energy that originates in the infinite the way we tune into that is when the body is open is relaxed and open and and uh, then the feeling is felt in I mean, it just feels like it's flowing through every cell of the body before it moves into the intellectual, intellect-conceptual layer. And that, then that energy, which was interpreted as a feeling, uh, is then translated into images and thoughts, uh, ideas, concepts. And, uh, and, and contrast that to emotions, which are also felt in the body because the body is, mm-hmm. is a sensory organism, is a sense, sensory organ. The emotions um, originate more, more in, as, a, as the energy moves up into the thinking layer, and then moves out into society and returns back through the thought layer and then into the body, if as long as when the body is relaxed and open, then the, that energy will flow, return back through the different layers into the, return to the infinite, but, but what tends to happen because uh, of our separate self-identity is that this thinking energy then starts, instead of uh, moving um, back into this, to the core, moves in a circular starts moving in a circular pattern uh which is then f- uh that circular pattern is then felt in the body um as uh, r- restrictions um, uh, like uh uh so there are constrictions in in and the, it's not felt like, de- depending on the emotion, it's felt in different parts of the body, and, and the restriction is felt in different parts of the body. So so the distinction between the emotions and feelings is, one is that it's felt, it's, uh, the feeling that my mother was referring to is felt when the body is relaxed and open, and it's felt in the entire body. And emotions are felt more as a restriction in different mm-hmm. uh, in, in isolated parts of the body mm-hmm.
0: and you think that i i for example, if I wanted to experiment around with that by observing some of my reactions throughout the day if uh if I felt some bubbling up and it was constriction in my chest for example that's a clue that uh, that's would you say that's caused by thought or co- caused by thought that's been in a circular pattern is that how you would explain it
1: yeah i, I would say it's not necessarily caused by thought but it's but yeah the, the it's generally when, uh, it, what i suggest is to observe the what is the thought about? And is it, is it, because there are different patterns, what, of, uh, thinking appears in different patterns. I was able to see that once, um, um, when I was looking at, through the question of, what does it mean to be human? Eventually, I got to the point where there was, I was able to see the different patterns of thinking. Um, and, uh, so, so, so the, uh, what what one can observe is what are the thoughts about which are associated with this restriction? Say, in the chest, it would be a grief, feeling of grief or or sorrow. Say, for example, you know, or or if there's anger or anxiety, what 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 are the thoughts associated with that? Uh, and and where is that and then um you know we can definitely pick up the tune into the restrictive feelings in our body
0: and well if if i wanted to try to be more open and relaxed do you have any recommendations for people or is that something that we just have to kind of stumble upon for ourselves.
1: Um. Yeah, it's um. That's um. The the. Because as a small small child, where we've been conditioned or programmed is the word I like to use, like a com- computer. Uh, we've been programmed to identify with this. a concept called me as who we are Um, Mm -hmm. then um, this uh, let's see excuse me, where was I going with this (coughs) Um, uh, I'm sorry Sean, repeat repeat the question again (laughs)
0: I was curious if uh if for example I wanted to try to be more open and relaxed, is there anything that you could recommend or is it just by chance
1: um uh, yeah definitely because i because I was introduced to or I, my mother had mentioned this to me I was aware of this so so th- so what would occur is is if i was in a like i was like if i was lost somewhere like in new york city um mm-hmm. as a child i would then try to figure out where i am you know you, you know how did i get here where where et cetera and and there's a certain point that where that um as i mentioned earlier the thinking the intellect is is a necessary important part of our being human but it has its limitations, and and a, as a child, when I when it hit its limitations, uh, uh, when the thinking hit its limitation, the thinking would end. Yeah, and then there would be a natural opening, uh, like an alertness or an openness, and then then the feelings would. I could tune into the feelings so um, mm-hmm. but but that's not something that we're we're generally that 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 sensitivity to the feelings is generally programmed out of us so to speak and we we all inherently have that it's a natural part of our being but uh, we've become desensitized to that so so the so what I what I always recommend or uh, suggest is to as things are arising, just observe just just observe yourself and whatever is arising from a third-person perspective as though you're watching a play on a stage and you you are uh, removed from the from the action on this stage you're sitting in the audience uh, and, uh, and observe from, the, from that perspective, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, and in watching from that perspective, there's like a space that's created, you know, there's a, there's you, there's the observer watching what is going on as opposed to being caught up in, in the midst of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: um,
1: so that's that's one of the things is is to take that perspective as things are arising and uh, and the other thing is to know to notice the judging notice any kind of uh, auto, in these automatic ways that we are pro, that 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 were programmed to just automatically think such as judging comparing etc uh, just observe it and don't attempt to stop it or interfere with it or change it just observe it in that same way third person perspective um, and uh and also the other thing that i recognize and this and maybe this may be useful and helpful for others to to look at is is that at one point i recognized that nothing is personal that things are occurring around us and things are occurring to me as an individual, et cetera, but the actions are not personal. They may be directed towards me as an individual, but but the but the but it's not has it's like it's like the watching a play, the play the actors are interchangeable. You know, you can Mm -hmm. have an understudy watching. You know, performing you. You know, if say you you, you're sick, you you know, you have an understudy or someone that's playing your character, for example. So in in that way, it's uh, it's not personal uh, and specific to to you. So so these are the kinds of things that I I coach people in uh, in in using, in looking at their specific situation as they're, they're rising. So, and,
0: um, would you say in regards to that last point of it's, it's not personal that, for example, I could remind myself of that throughout the day and sort of, intellectually keep that in mind but that's a little different from uh, what am i how do i phrase it's different from a gut level realization i think that oh nothing is personal and really getting that versus you know noriel said that nothing's personal and i really shouldn't take this personal that my boss just said such and such do you see what I'm getting at
1: yeah 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 I understand and and for yeah for sure when when there was a recognition for for me that there that nothing's personal it was I mean it was a full full body feeling recognition uh, and it it, it it completely shifted uh, the way that I looked at the world, so to speak
0: and, and before that uh, shift were you uh, were you aware of the idea that you know probably nothing is personal is, is that something that you were exp- you know trying to be aware remind yourself of that or did that just come out of the blue? Uh,
1: it just came out of the blue just through observation through watching mm-hmm. and in uh and and watching from this third person perspective the interactions as they were happening you know the different things that were occurring it it just yeah. one day i mean it's just as a matter of fact i remember where i was i was in uh, jamestown new mexico at a truck stop when it all of a sudden hit me oh nothing's personal
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, so so it, it was a you know it was like a dramatic a memorable, I don't know if dramatic is the right word, but, you know, it's like, oh, yeah. you know, it's like a gut, this thing that I just saw, oh, my God, nothing, you know, and I, and before I had spent my life every, taking everything personally. Yeah. Yeah, prior to yeah. that. You know, like, yeah, why me or, you know, you know right. like bad luck or, you know, et cetera. it was all, always about me.
0: Well, let's, uh, I wanted to touch back uh, upon those earlier years a little bit. We, we briefly mentioned your teenage years and the fact, the remarkable fact in my mind that you turned around and walked out of school and never went back. I mean, a lot of people will spend their entire twenties in school, working on advanced degrees and so forth. what what was your life like during that period? What were you up to?
1: Uh well I <laughs> well I, I enjoyed it a lot. I didn't I didn't do any um mm-hmm. uh I I li- moved out and lived in uh Seattle, Washington for a little while. Um, uh when I was 17 I went and lived in Japan for a year and a half uh before returning to the, the East Coast and then, um uh, when I was nineteen, I was back in in New england and uh, and from there i um I mean I've always had this passion for wheels, so i just i got a job driving a taxi I was involved in that for a number of years and then i uh at twenty five I got a truck driving license and started driving trucks and the buses and so um so here and there I would also help my parents my parents you know with their work and and uh they would reel me in you oh, know we need your help and then I would escape back to the what I enjoyed <laughs> you know so right you know so uh, and and I did a lot of bicycling I enjoyed bicycling I did little amateur racing and I've gone all over the country uh in canada um on um by bicycle so Mm -hmm. uh that's part of my wheels uh enjoyment of wheels and i and i Mm -hmm. loved and i loved the bicycling because um it's uh i mean ever since i was a teenager i did a lot of miles i was 14 when i did my first overnight bicycle trip um and uh, from Boston to Montreal and back, uh, that was 600 miles. And what I enjoy about the bicycling is that it's a I, I consider it a full immersion experience. In other words, it's not just traveling which I enjoy. It's not just wheels that I enjoy. But it's like because uh, I, I would feel the hills, I would feel the heat, mm. I would feel the cold. I you know if it was raining, I would feel the rain. It's like a full body feeling immersion experience and that was something that I really enjoyed
0: mm-hmm. so you're you're living life and and having different jobs and experiences and you have this thread of trust your feelings which sounds like it was kind of a bedrock thing for you uh were you also I mean were you interested in philosophy or i don't know if there even were non-dual teachings readily available but those sorts of things were you reading books or going to lectures now and then
1: uh well <laughs> I, I enjoyed reading for sure um mm-hmm. I, I disliked reading intensely when i was in school but as soon as i stopped i turned around and i left school I started enjoying reading because I started reading what I wanted to read as opposed to right. assignments so and uh the first things I got into were science fiction books for example and um mm-hmm. and but uh the I I was always interested in uh I guess the the word is existentialism you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. the you know my place in the universe or you know wh- what is it that we're here for or etc you know questions like that i was never interested uh, in spirituality religion meditation anything like that uh, though I, though it, it was something that uh was always around me uh the people who were i mean, growing up I, you know i lived with hundreds of people thousands of people from all around the world would, would stay with us uh continue you know d- at different parts times and and uh so um and and those people would be interested to say in meditation tm whatever it's like like when we were, when i was 10 years old for example there's a tm center not far from where we lived for example and there would be people who would come and visit and come to our house for dinner who would also maybe might be involved with TM or things like that. Yeah. So it, mm-hmm. so I was I I knew about that world, but I was never interested in in going into that uh, myself, whereas existentialism was something that I was interested in. So so like in 1980, I did the S training. I did more of oh, those yeah. kinds of uh, more of those kinds of things were what I was interested in as opposed to, uh, uh, spirituality. Mm -hmm. Uh. Uh,
0: Did there, did there come a point in time? I, I believe I, in another interview, I heard you mention the year 2004. Sounded like perhaps that was a pivotal year for you. Did something change in your life around that period of time?
1: Um, Yeah, the the the, what I consider um, at the end of 2002, um, I recognized that my life was not going to turn out. And that, when I share that with people, um, it sounds to the to the listener, it sounds like it's a negative thing. It was, it's a right. negative, but it, for me, it was absolutely positive or I, I shouldn't even say absolutely positive, but to me, the, the way in which I recognized that was in the same way that I got the feeling. So as the feeling moved through the body, what I was doing, I was looking, I was questioning, I was looking at, uh, I had lost my job and needed to get another job. I was facing you know, financial relationship challenges, et cetera. So I'm standing in the kitchen in my house, I'm looking, and as I'm standing in the kitchen, I'm, I had uh, come back from an interview, a job interview, and I'm looking at, well, what else? In, uh, I had sent out resumes, and I'm, all of this is swimming around in my mind, as, and and I look out the window, and as I look, look out the window at the trees, there's that moment where the mind kind—it's just for a split second—and the mind uh, stops, and and there's a, this, and the body is fully open, and there's that feeling. There's a feeling mm-hmm. which then comes through the body, and the, and and I got oh, and the and and that feeling was translated into my life is not going to turn out and with that with that recognition it's like that gut gut feeling is like like when we were talking about the recognition that nothing's personal for example it was like yeah it's a transformative feeling that that recognition if i felt like 40 pounds of weight was lifted off my shoulders so it was not at all negative And, 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 and also in that moment, I knew exactly what to do next. And, and that, and since that time, um, I haven't had to ever make a decision, so to speak. I mean, you know, I make decisions like, well, what am I going to eat? You know, I go into a restaurant, look through a menu or something like that, but, uh, like decisions such as, oh, what am I going to do next as far as a job or as what? Etc. You know, I just see that in every moment, as as life is unfolding, the next step is always clear. Ever since that point, point. Uh, and so I saw clearly. Oh, okay, I'm going to go back to driving a truck. It's something that I enjoy wheels. It's something that I can do to support the family, etc. Uh, uh, pay the mortgage, etc. So. So unbeknownst to me at the time is that the programming, that what we learn, what I recognize is that the recognition that life is not going to turn out was the ending of living for a future. And unbeknownst to us, we're programmed to live for a future. And this future that we're living for is actually a fiction. It's not real because the the future uh, is is uh, an idea, images of something that we are perceiving as a future. But it's all based on all ideas and images are only can are only based on what we already know. Mm-hmm. So, so unbeknownst to us, we're con- continually projecting the way we're programmed. We're continually projecting what is known, which is the past, onto what we're in our mind is perceiving as a future. And and uh, so, so this way of thinking, this way of showing up and meeting the world, meeting the life as it's showing up um we actually become we actually can't see what is really truly happening in front of us so because we're continually projecting this idea mm-hmm. of a future onto what's showing up and uh and so this way of being that this way that we've been programmed I now i call this uh a linear time-based reality is what we find ourselves in. And, um, and what I eventually saw this, I didn't see it at that, at, at that point in 2002, but in 2005, I, I finally saw that, that all reality is actually a creation and that the, that we're being programmed into living in this linear time-based reality. So, um, and and the necessary what keeps us anchored in this linear time-based reality what what i discovered in 2005 was the this separate self-identity which is also not which isn't just an idea it's not real
0: yeah so that was a chunk of programming that fell off in that moment in the kitchen
1: yeah exactly in that moment the living for a future the constant continual living for a future ideal future ended so that and and then returning to driving a truck once that program because that way of looking at what's unfolding in front of us looking at it from a future base what's in it you know what's is this going to get me to this future whatever um because that ended I began to see things which I could never see before, uh, just without with, without looking. I just saw things that I could never see before, because uh, cause I had always been looking from this future-based idea. Idea, and uh, so so then the question arose. Um, well. I was specifically looking at problems, that I had these personal problems. And uh, and then it all of a sudden dawned on me, oh, well, wait a minute. I'm not the only one with problems. Here I am driving the truck. Uh, and, and I said, everybody's got problems, whether they be relationship problems, money problems, uh, health problems, etc., etc. et cetera. Et cetera. We, is you know i was looking and i saw my life as a series of problems so and i see and then and it and as uh obvious as it as it is i it all of a sudden dawned on me wait a minute everyone's life is a series of problems so so then the question arose what well what does it mean to be human maybe we're supposed to have problems maybe there's nothing wrong with having problems and, and here, you know, I've been looking at problems as something wrong. Right? you know it's always based on something wrong. as well, maybe this is the way we're supposed to be as humans. So that's uh, that, so in 2004, that's when I started asking that question 2000 was what does it mean to be human? And I did that I, I did that deliberately and and with no intent in mind, I only did it as like a hobby. Like a curiosity, okay. like a child playing in a sandbox, and uh, and not not to try to fix anything or anything like that. And so I just watched. From then on, I began watching my life through that question. And uh, and in so doing, I, all these things just started showing up, which I which. Which was uh, uh you know just things that became so obvious to me, but I hadn't been completely ignorant of it before
0: and one example of that is that uh, you know that everyone has problems is that an example of the types of things that were showing up
1: um, yeah, that was a one one uh insight that triggered the question of st- mm-hmm. the curiosity of of wondering what if this well you know the, of what it what does it mean to be human um the another thing that i saw once i began asking that question is that i saw that that's when i was able to see that that emotions and uh are stored in the body and and as I would have memories of uh, something that I thought was it was the cause of sorrow or grief, as that memory would show up, I would, uh, I saw that the feeling of uh, grief was actually stored in the body and it came and met the memory. So I saw that they were independent of each other. Mm-hmm. They were that that somehow the mind had linked them together, but they were independent.
0: Mm, that's fascinating.
1: And so, so I was able to see that, things like that. See that. And uh, mm-hmm. so, therefore, the association to those memories fell away. So, so, so the memory, for example, of, uh, that showed up was splitting up with my wife and uh and and as that memory showed up this this sorrow showed up, and I saw I watched and I could see that the sorrow was rising up from from my body and meeting that that memory and i and so when as that fell away i and when I saw that, I recognized that, oh, that event that memory is not the cause of the sorrow, as I had believed that it was, and so so the so that memory no longer in seeing that so clearly i saw that 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 memory no longer evoked sorrow and that memory fell away and and then because the i was still feeling the sorrow there was a prior memory associated with sorrow that showed up immediately and then i saw that with that memory as well so I'm, as I'm driving east across I-80 through Nevada, all my memories of related to sorrow, from the from the the latest memory all the way as as I'm driving east started falling away one after the other, until by the time I got to Salt Lake City, all memories back to my childhood of sorrow were no longer there. Were no longer associated with sorrow and. And I could look at just pure sorrow for what it is, without a story, without a cause. And I could see that sorrow, that there's only one sorrow, and that the sorrow that, that Sean experiences, the sorrow that anyone experiences is just human sorrow. And it's not, Mm -hmm. it's, it's not individual sorrow. And there is only that one human, one sorrow, the human sorrow. And I saw that there was nothing whatsoever that I could do about it. And so, so there's this release of energy where, where, where I didn't realize that I had unconsciously or consciously had spent my life attempting to manage or run away from sorrow. So all that energy I had placed on, 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 on on that fellow just ended and here again it was similar to that what i described with this weight being lifted off my shoulder when i saw my life was not going to turn out i this all this efforting that i hadn't had unconsciously been that had been driving me to trying to manage and avoid sorrow ended as well and it is with with each of these realizations it was like just feeling lighter and giving up control so to speak because i had been trying to control control this and uh so so these are the kinds of things which i mean that was a major thing that i saw there um and and with each each insight like that uh i gave up more and more control of my life so to speak Um uh, mm-hmm. And and uh, so so one of the insights I had was that time is also created in the mind, uh, and that's um, when I was picking up a load in Pennsylvania and, and had to deliver in California. As I uh, as I'm getting ready to leave on the trip, I'm sitting there and imagined arriving in California, and all of a sudden I saw, oh wait a minute. The beginning of the journey and the end of the journey is a single movement and and prior to this i had uh always um looked at my trip as uh, one mile after the next mile and that you know there's this me that's driving this truck and gotta pay attention avoid this you know get watch where i'm going etc etc i was, I saw it as one step after the next step there, after, after you know, continual, you know, um, efforting. Uh, and so, but I saw that, it, that it was just a single movement and that it was the mind that was breaking, breaking this single movement into into separate events. And And when I saw that, I saw that, that life is the same thing that our birth our birth and death is and life is just one single movement so i pictured the, the image that i got was like an arrow being shot from a bow and and birth is when the when the arrow left the bow and and death was when the arrow hit the target and and I, I saw that that regardless of what our life looked like, regardless of the trajectory of the arrow, that we that that we always hit the target. We always hit the bullseye. And uh, and so and and what happens though between the time the bow leaves the arrow leaves the bow and hits the target is there's all this chatter. I should do this, I shouldn't do that, or I should have been doing this or etc. etc. et cetera you know it's like this constant constant uh um, um monologue going on uh what, a, a soliloquy or whatever the correct term is we're constantly judging, evaluating and comparing by doing this right or etc. et cetera et cetera, et cetera <laughs> So, so, so this was another major uh, recognition or insight once. And it was this insight that then I automatically started watching life from the third person perspective Uh, um, because I never, because at that point I saw, oh, nothing's ever in my way. You know, there's nothing, you know it's it, there's there, there's nothing to struggle for because it, it's you know all the effort and struggle that i had <laughs> I thought my life was about. I didn't realize it was just made up so so then so so with that i I sat back, I could sit back and watch life as though uh i was I was watching a play, and there I was on stage. With everything else that was unfolding and i was just sitting back and observing and and that in and, and look and looking at life in from that perspective from the audience perspective is is as we uh mentioned earlier is when i saw after i had been had started doing that for a few days that i saw that oh nothing's personal uh Mm-hmm. you know on that same trip as i got when i got to i stopped in jamestown New mexico to get fuel for the truck and and uh then i it all of a sudden hit me oh wait a minute <laughs> nothing's personal <laughs> so uh, so so um so these are the fascinating things that um that that i was able to see which i could never saw before and uh yeah. and 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 I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't looking to see any of this. I hadn't read about any of this. There was nothing, you know. It's like this is just something I was observing. I and I saw. So.
0: And was this uh, this observing this question that of well, what does it mean to be human? It sounds like it was kind of the core question, perhaps driving this. Was that um, when you're driving in your truck and you were, it doesn't sound like you were intensely asking yourself, wow, what does it mean to be human? Oh, geez, I don't know. Maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Was, was there, um, were there questions or it sounds like memories were coming up of things? Were you, were you approaching this as, looking for the feeling behind the memories or i'm trying to get if you if you had any like i guess what was the 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 feeling of your inquiry or what was the
1: yeah that's i don't know I don't, yeah, I, don't, yeah I, think I think you know no what i'm getting it yes I, I, yeah i yeah this is and this is one of the most challenging things to share with with people is that I had no agenda in the inquiry. Okay. I wasn't looking for anything. I wasn't trying to fix anything. Uh, I, I, it was just it, what I r- realize now is that the the recognition that life was not going to turn out somehow returned the mind to more of a of the way we uh more like a childlike mind you know playing in the sandbox um and uh and i see now that this is really the natural way of of living which is you know then conditioned out of us or programmed out of us from living in this way and so and um so yeah so there was so so this is the hardest thing I feel that for people to to really see is that I wasn't I was absolutely not looking for anything these things I just was able to see
0: but you did have a curiosity yeah
1: oh yeah 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 exactly and and curiosity is natural I would say yeah I, I would say that that it was a childlike curiosity.
0: But you didn't have a, uh, but you didn't feel a need or a desire to find something.
1: No, not at all. And, and, and the, I mean, the curiosity was, was really alive. You know, it was like everything that I saw, it was like, oh, what is this? Wow, this is something, this is fascinating. I never saw this before. It was like that. Wow. And 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 in seeing in seeing these things like the taking things personally etc. Like just it just fell away effortlessly. I wasn't doing it to try to do fix anything. I just saw oh, I just saw that that's what was so.
0: So what about? um... Uh, at least in my circles, the the many people who are on a spiritual path and are looking for something and have a feeling of great need for something to happen uh, because they are, uh, you know, the, the range of reasons is almost endless. They Maybe they're afraid of death. Maybe they are psychologically in misery you know it can go on and on and on the reasons what about people who have a really intense desire to uh, get into a different state of being or a different state of mind what what sort of advice or suggestions do you have for those people
1: um yeah uh, myself um because i never s- stepped into the arena of uh, spirituality i never i had never considered myself a seeker but what i realize now is that i was a seeker but i was interested in material uh, uh gain i i was living that was my seeking was wealth or uh status mm. etc so mm-hmm. uh Much more, I guess, what would be considered a selfish, greedy uh, (laughs) place, so to speak. So, um,
0: well, but the spiritual search could be seen as the same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, what I now, and 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 once I began sharing the the recognition, the cosmic joke of that that we always have everything we could ever want. There's never anything missing. It never was, and never will be. Once I began began sharing that, then I was introduced to the spiritual world, and uh, and then I, I recognized right away. Oh, seeking that's that's what I was doing too. I was also a seeker, mm-hmm. though I was not looking for any uh, relief from suffering. So for example, I mean, as a matter, of, I didn't even know I was suffering. I thought you know until it ended. Mm-hmm. And, and I didn't know that I had, that there was an underlying fear in my existence until it ended. Then I saw, oh, there was this underlying fear in my existence. So, so so it it was, so, and these things just ended, you know, just when, when I saw, you know, just in seeing what was so. Uh, Not, not trying to get away from it or trying to get rid of it. Um, so, um, so, so what I, um, what I share with people is all the things that we've been looking at and discussing about recognizing that we're living for a future. That's what seeking is. That's seeking something, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, that, and that just to recognize that and see that we are, that that's the way we've been programmed. We had no choice, but when we were born as babies, that's not the way we were, we were being, but then as we were still this small child, we're eventually we're programmed into that way of thinking in the same way you and I have been programmed into speaking English you know, you and I didn't create English is something that's existed for many, many thousands of years. Well, the way we use English and the way we think is in the language that we learn. That way of thinking is also not just the, not just the language itself being English, but the way in which we use the language is what's creating our reality and And that's and the way we're using it is from this perspective of a linear time- based way
2: mm-hmm.
1: so, and living for a future, et cetera. So these are the ways we just adopt without question and and, and in and in that adopting that way of thinking, we adopt this separate self identity, which is just another way, just another thought, another idea. So through no choice of our own, we had no choice but to adopt this separate self identity. Mm -hmm. So um, so so any attempt, any movement of thought, any movement, uh, any attempt to do something about about it through through our intellect only furthers the prison that we find ourselves in because. because it is the thinking itse- the thinking itself and the language and the talking to oneself which is creating the prisons. and that this way of thinking uh, there's no way out with this way of thinking um, it it only, strength- it only strengthens our our our, our re- reality of something missing. So, um, so th- therefore, what occurred for me is that that I gave up living that way, living for f- that future. And and then, so th- with no effort, I what I was I then able to see things that I could not see before, just because of that. And, 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 and it became, it was like, I was felt like I was this little kid. I was curious. Oh, what's this? Well, what's, you know, it's like, wow, I never saw that before. And so.
0: Right. But you didn't give it up, right? Yeah. You yeah, didn't, didn't, you didn't say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm tired of that. I get, I'm giving
1: that up. Right. No, no, I didn't say that at all. I just saw it wasn't real. So, oh, okay. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. and uh so and in that same way of uh, observing uh my life unfolding as though i was watching a play after doing that for many weeks i discovered through without looking for it I, one morning i woke up and there i could see my thoughts in the same way i could watch my mm-hmm. thoughts as though they are on on out there on like the clouds in the sky I could watch the Mm -hmm. thoughts and, and, uh, and, and that's how I was able to see the different patterns of thinking. Yeah. And, uh, and once I could see the different patterns of thinking, then there's, then all of a sudden I could, it, it struck me that, oh, that there's a space between each thought. And I, I was never able to see that before. You know there are times in my life, like we spoke earlier, where thinking would would, in it, would end for maybe a split second, or like or when I was 18 in Japan one time, it ended for 20 minutes or whatever. But it was not something that it just occurred. It wasn't something that that I observed. Some, but this this particular time. I was able to observe the thoughts and the patterns of thinking and observe that each thought began and ended in silence. Uh, And, well, then there are the circular thoughts which uh, run in, but but the thoughts which, um, and and in that recognition, I saw the silence. And then so, then with, being a once the mind can see the silence it's it just without any effort there's just this resting in the mind resting in silence it's just uh occurs. and uh so for for you know many days you know once i saw that you know there just just long periods of silence um for two weeks and, and, uh, and, and in the silence once in a while, you know, I'll, as I'm driving the truck, I would say, oh, okay, I need to get fuel. There'd be, you know, okay, I'll get off exit 140 and there's a truck stop there, get fuel. And then that thought passes and, and recedes into silence and there's the silence again, you know, for, for, Many minutes or or whatever, and uh, and, then so so it was. And this this all occurred uh, here again. I wasn't looking for any of this, right? You know, and and of course, once the thinking ends, then there's just this this uh, sense of bliss, and there's no longer a feeling of separation from anything anyone you know you just feel totally uh one with the cosmos with every you know and just just this uh, uh ending of any kind of separation because and so because all of that is just ideas and thoughts the separations and the all oh all, all, and uh uh um so so, I was in this place of just just having the, you know just in this place of of, of bliss for for while driving a truck in this silence and just uh, just amazing and and the first time I stopped at a truck stop in this in the silence and walked into the truck stop i i look, i sat down and for and ordered a cup of tea and I looked at the people next to me, you know, sitting there enjoying their dinners. I looked at the people working there. I could look at the people in the store and, 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 and I just started laughing to myself because I saw that they too were already in this pl- place of, of bliss. They just, uh-huh. they just didn't know it because their, their, because atten- our, all our attention is always on our chatter
2: yeah
1: and and it's only in it's only the chatter that is saying that th- there are problems that there's thing, something wrong that there's something missing etc and none of it is, is factual none of it's true so here i am luxuri- luxuriating in this sp- this space of silence and um so after the fourth day That's when I got what I call guy got hit with the cosmic two by four. (laughs) And 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 what that what I mean by that is that as I was driving and I was approaching my exit to get off um, to go to where I needed to pick up a load, um, I started seeing after having been in this place for four days of of bliss i started seeing that everything was alive was energy was not nothing was was truly solid and and uh know i could see that the rocks were actually energy and so i began to perceive perceive this and it's fascinating uh in watching this and then you know, I arrived where I had to pick up, and, and as I approached the gate of the warehouse, the, the d- driveway of the warehouse where it's picking up, all of a sudden I realized, oh my God, I don't exist. <laughs> I saw, I saw that that everything I thought I am it was only a thought. Mm-hmm. and and thinking had ended and therefore this me that i which i identified with being ideas and concepts in thinking was no longer there and hadn't been for for 4 days and so that's when i you know I, and being hit over the cosmic head with the cosmic 2 by 4 I got the cosmic okay. joke. The cosmic joke is that 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 everything that we're looking for that the seeker is seeking for me it was for me it was fifteen million dollars in the bank, a, a modest home, number of cars, a bunch of different wheel wheels you know nice bicycles, et cetera, et cetera, a you know, nice, healthy family. You know to and live happily ever after you know that was my so right so so i saw i saw that the that this the seeker is only an idea and the, and it's only in an idea that something's missing it's only an idea that something's wrong because it's, it's only an idea that there's a problem so so um uh, so I, so the cosmic joke is that we have everything that w- Ultimately, everything we're looking for is this place of wholeness and completeness, being at home in in the world, in the universe, in the body, just just being totally at home and in and you know in, and and in harmony and peace with with our environment. And I saw that oh my God, the this is how it always is, and the only thing that kept me from seeing this, is this person looking for it? So, so that's the cosmic joke, is that the person looking for it is the only thing that prevents the recognition that that we already have it. Being hit over the head with the cosmic two-by-four, it was like, oh my God. Once I saw that, then, then this personal... Curiosity. This personal project I had been engaged in uh, was now something. Oh, I, I've got to share this with my friends and family. This now became uh, an, the, my new project, <laughs> which mm-hmm. which I'm still engaged in today and <laughs> mm-hmm. still looking at. Uh, you know, and it's always it's always. Uh, uh, I'm always looking at different ways of being able to share this. Uh, so yeah, I appreciate the interview because it's uh, another opportunity to uh, to share the insights that I've gotten. And 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 basically, what 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 I want people to see is that it's all about it's um, about relaxing and just seeing things for what they are. It's not about looking for what's missing. It's about just seeing what is there already. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, so the the coaching or the what I share with people is is all uh, regardless of what's going on for them. There's always a a, a, a a kind of a I attempt to gently, you know, in a gentle mm-hmm. way, just keep returning the focus on to, let's see what's really here. What's, let's see what's here. You know, is that what's, you know, so, uh, cause that, that's fundamentally all, all I did for the whole time. And, and then, and all of these things were revealed, not, not because I'm in, you know, not because any, uh, um, practice or anything so to speak it's just a matter of i had stopped looking to get better i had stopped looking for future gain i had stopped looking for you know that that looking living for future had ended and it's like okay whoa, where am i what am i what is this what, what is this what's happening like it, it so it's so um yeah so that's uh uh that's where I always um, point to, in you know, a point at, is what is it, what is it, what is it that's really, real and not real? In in other words, what what I what I recognize now is that ninety percent of what we think is real is not real,
2: because
1: <laughs> it's because right. it's based on looking, overlaying our idea of the future onto what's showing up. Oh well, yeah, you know. So and uh, so so it's um, and uh, which which means you know because we're the way we think we're thinking from a linear time based reality. And uh, and the clues to that is uh, less like fear, um, anxiety. These are symptoms of living in this future of time-based reality. Uh, and of course, that, that's also the symptom of identifying with this mind-created separate self. A- and, and the separate self, it turns out, that identity cannot exist unless we're, we buy into this linear time-based reality. The two of them, it, uh, it, it comes together.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: and uh so the and once we're once we're caught in this in this prison this linear time based reality then there's the underlying fear um that follows us th- throughout life um and the and and the quote suffering and all that so so it so it was, it's like like uh, like I mentioned, I didn't even know I was suffering until it ended. So, and I didn't try to end it because I didn't know I was. So, so it, it was all just a matter of everything. Just all that just fell away effortlessly, in in being able to see what's really happening, so to speak.
0: Uh, one one statement that I heard you make in another interview. That I wanted to dig into just a little bit was you said there's a gate beyond the silence. Can you tell a little bit more about what you mean by that?
1: uh yeah, um sure um what what occurred is that once once I saw that the self was not real, that it's it was all in just thinking that's just a, it's a thought p- created idea concept in thinking um here again uh it was like so obvious that that it just fell away that there's no such thing as this separate this self this me is it's not real at all i just saw that so it just fell away and and uh once once it's seen then then it was like then how the hell was i fooled was the the thought that came how can i be fooled into believing such a thing hmm. you know and yeah. yet yet i had for my entire life never even questioned that this me isn't who i am you know and that's why i and that's what i call the human dilemma is like we go through life um the human dilemma is that we don't know what we are, and we don't know that we don't know. So he- here I was caught up in this human dilemma. I never questioned it, and now, th- but s- seeing it so obvious, it's it's the immediate question shown sh- that showed up was how is it that I could have been fooled? cause into ever believing such a thing when it's so obvious that it's not this self is not real so you know translated to humanity i recognize that oh, this is this is the dilemma for all of us it's not just wasn't just a norio dilemma so mm-hmm. so the question is how is it that we as humans can be ever fooled into this into ever believing this and never questioning it and so uh, so that then triggered the um, that question as it moved into the silence. It triggered um, the opening, uh, moving pa- past what what I, what I can refer to, I guess, as a gateless gate. Um, so so, the analogy I like to use is that <coughs> is that the the way that we're conditioned, the way we're programmed, we find ourselves in this reality, okay and this turns out this reality is is uh, all created in our thoughts and and through language uh and And so, so what occurred when I saw that life was not going to turn out is that I I started exploring beyond this reality. And, and as I started moving beyond this reality, I, I came upon these walls. And I saw, oh, okay, I'm in a room. I didn't even realize I was in a room. Okay. But I, here I am in this, here I am, because I had never explored beyond what I knew, which was, was the totality of everything I knew, the th- thoughts and ideas. Mm-hmm. So as I be- started ex- exploring beyond that, I came upon the walls and discovered oh i'm in this room and as i explored the walls and the 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 edges of the room i came upon a window and uh and i could look out into this so uh, not only was i in a room i was in a house okay and i could look out the window into a beautiful garden And in in seeing the beautiful garden, then I, through this window, I found a a doorway next to the, to the garden, next to the window, which opened up into the garden. And I walked into the garden. Okay, so, and walking into the garden is, uh, is when the thinking stopped. That's, that is what I, the garden is the world of silence when the thinking ended. Mm. And so I went out into the garden, and I live, lived in this garden and just enjoyed this garden for three days, just having a great time, just really just uh, just being in, in this blissful place while I'm driving my truck. And, uh, and, and, and this garden is large, and so I could explore this huge garden and i and i could see and in the middle of the garden is the house and and in the many many rooms in the house and i was in one of those rooms in that house mm-hmm. so and so and so here i am outside enjoying the the garden and then on the fourth day i found that there was an, in the same way i found that there was a, a wall I found there's a there's a, a fence around the garden, so the garden too had its limits,
2: hmm.
1: and 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 so I start following the the fence, and and it's and then there's then and I found the gate. There was a gateway out beyond the garden. And this this gateway that that is the recognition that there is no self and, and so moving so and then the question and and then the question that arose how is it that that i could have been fooled or that any of us can be fooled into into ever believing that this self is what we are was was the the step was that question uh propelled me through this gate took me through this gate beyond this garden and 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 what what i saw was the key to moving into the gate was the collapsing of the the separate self-identity, the experiencer and experience becomes one. There's no, and the doer, there, there's, um, there's no one that's experiencing in actuality, I mean, there's no separate experience, uh, experiencer that's having an experience, though we believe we've been led to believe that, but that that's actually not true. So. So that distinction collapses in moving through that gate. So even in the silence of the garden, there's still the distinction of a of a separate separate uh, me that's en- mm-hmm. that's enjoying the garden, so to speak. So so that so so that's um so that's the so the recognition of the no self that that there is no self and collapses the uh the the uh identity the idea that there's an experiencer that's having an experience and that moves us through into this through this gate so to speak so and this is all meta uh, metaphorically speaking but as this there's as the movement is made through this gate, and the attention and awareness was flowed into that this space. Turning around, as I turned around, I saw oh, you know, not that I mean it's. I can only describe it with with words, but but it's it's beyond words. Is is I saw that the that garden, the gate the house the room none of that is none of that was there none of it's real that's all created and so so then i just followed just um i mean there wasn't an eye that was following it's just that there was just this movement into into the what i now describe as the inner core of the onion moving into the uh, you know for days, just uh uh being able to just as I slept and rested, just being able to rest move into this place and and uh every night just explore move further and deeper and deeper too finally i uh, there was a resting in the infinite, so to speak and then then there's the moving back. Then effortlessly, there was all you know. I knew that I just had to the, relax and just. I I saw every. I saw that it was possible to move the attention along any lines. The infinite breaks up into inf, into infinite patterns, and I could follow any line and be in be in anywhere and anything in in space in a, in space time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, uh, but at, this, at the same, so I saw that everything is an expression of this infinite. Um, and so, th- so, and, and, uh, I knew that all I had to do was just relax and, and f- to find myself back into this, this planet Earth, etc you know, this, this current reality, so to speak. So so that's that's uh the metaphor I use for uh, <laughs> this uh, the the gate, gateless right. gate, so to speak.
0: Yeah, thank you for talking through that. I appreciate that
1: I mean the crazy thing is none of this was uh was I looking for any of this this right uh, and and the and of course, you know, I was excited I wanted to share that that we all have everything. You know there's nothing missing and and i gave my first talk uh, just a matter of uh uh, within two weeks of all this and and uh and the first talk i gave uh the only i i i I had forgotten it was so obvious to me that their self isn't real i had forgotten that it's not so obvious (laughs) i had forgotten that i had been fooled (laughs) my (laughs) entire life so I just, you know, so the first talk I gave, I just said, oh, we've got everything we could ever want. There's never anything missing. <laughs> yeah, <You know, laughs> the only thing that prevents us from seeing that is everything we think we are, you know, and thank you very much. You know, that was all I had to say. That's all I had to. <laughs> And, you know, and I'm looking at blank faces, and it's like, uh... <laughs> right. yeah. oh, yeah. And then I and then I remember when i and looking at that, I realized, oh, that's right. I didn't see it for all, my, <laughs> all these years even. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. so th- so that's the first time I had the thought, oh, I wonder if there's anything written about this. And mm-hmm. I I wonder. If, <laughs> and then I thought, well, yeah, there must be something written. About- I can't be the only one that's seen this. <laughs> so
2: mm-hmm.
1: so that, that's when you know I went to my truck driving. I stopped and visited one fr- friend in Virginia uh, and uh, told him and his wife about this and, and asked, "Do you have you heard this about this before? Do you know anything? Are there anything written about this? Do you know?" And uh, they gave me a book uh, that they had called "The Power of Now." My Eko totally, and then uh, uh, another close friend I visited him a few days afterwards, and who also lives in Virginia, and uh, he gave me a book by by Krishnamurti, and I asked him the same question, and then uh, another friend in Nevada, she gave me a DVD by Adya Shanti, you know, so so, and then I started going into bookstores, you know, browsing. And went into went into the spirituality new age spirituality religious section of the bookstore, and I'd never been in there before. I was never interested in that, so I started looking at all those books
0: because <laughs> it's a big section of the bookstore yeah and
1: because you know, uh, I was interested in finding if other people what are they saying about how are they, how are they sharing about this? Yeah, and so, uh, so, so one of the things that I, because I saw there was no self, I saw that all the stories are made up that to support the self, the existence of the self, and I saw that, you know, I saw my life was just so that I saw my life was just like a bad opera, you know, that everything I thought was it was just this bad opera, and so, so I thought.
2: Yeah, I understand.
1: I, I thought of the phantom of the opera. And uh, mm-hmm. so, I th- so I started calling the self the phantom self from the phantom of the opera. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then upon reading these books, I saw oh the value of stories. I said, oh, okay. The stories do have a place. There is value. And so so I then spent many weeks trying to recreate a story. Like I tried to figure, because I saw that this is the, how it always is, is that we always have everything we could ever want. There's never anything missing. I saw that there's no cause and effect also, that, that time is created in the mind. So so, so there, thus there's no story. Uh, that's, that story doesn't matter, so to speak. So, so I had to then look at, okay, well, when did I see this? Uh, okay, and what happened before that? Okay uh, let's see I was doing this at the time I saw this oh, okay so w- little by little it took me a number of weeks to recreate a story
2: because mm-hmm.
1: uh, because I had all stories had fell away um, and so in, so the story that I've told you parts of and the book that S- Steve Steve Earle and I are writing or uh, Steve Earl is doing the writing I he's. Um, but it, it is is this story, and uh, so, <laughs> so so uh, yeah so anyway it's um, so I saw so upon reading these books I saw oh the value of story and so I started recreating the story and you know so so and I continue to uh, enjoy and appreciate listening to other people whatever their insights are. Uh, the the other thing that is key um, is is I saw that that hierarchy uh, the idea of uh, of have have not higher, lower, etc is only in thinking mm-hmm. you know, so I saw that so so when I immediately wanted to sh- share this. Um, it didn't. I saw that there's no such thing as gurus, or and disciples, or students, or teachers, whatever, in this arena. Mm-hmm. Because, and so, 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 and I, and so, so the thing that I, I, I always want to stress with, as I share this, is that I'm not a teacher. I'm not, I'm not someone who knows something you don't know. This is something that this this is something that I want uh, you and any everyone anyone to look at for themselves, not to believe anything I say. Just look for yourself and see what it's what what you see. And and the metaphor that I use to describe this is that just picture like you, you and I as friends. And we're just walking through the forest you know we just say "Hey, let's take a walk we're just walking through the forest and and we find we find a rock a shiny rock and i pick up this shiny rock and say hey take a look at look at this it's brilliant look at the color it's beautiful hand it to you and you look at it and say oh yeah and you know we describe what we see and the way you describe it might be different than the way i describe whatever you know but it's there's no right or wrong description to the rock it's a rock it's a just something we're looking at right and mm-hmm. and you see same things that that i might not see vice versa whatever so 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 this is the way in which um, the place that i i i encourage people to come from to be in in looking at all this with me as as we as we uh as we're in conversation in that same way so um
0: are you are you open to people contacting you for um to have a conversation
1: uh yeah yeah i am um
0: yeah and if if they wanted to do that would the would the website be the best best way to get in touch with you
1: uh well, um, let's see. Um, uh, by email would be the best thing. Um and the the best okay. the the best email is actually organic wheels with an S at the end. One word, organic wheels at Gmail dot com. I do have a website but it's it's uh was put together by a, a former girlfriend and and so it's laid dormant since uh uh she and I broke up. So
0: Oh, you gotta get her back, Norio. Get the website running. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, so um so yeah, it's uh, outdated. But it's I mean any if people contact me through that I will get the email. It's uh demystify dot org uh is the website okay great, great. it's demystify enlightenment one word dot org and the buddha at the gas pump uh, i like to steer people to that yeah i watch that interview that's a good one and and definitely uh, um with some notice i do drive around the country so with some notice uh i'm available to uh Spend some time, you know, like I did at the Tat weekend in August. Uh, right. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. So um, I'm always open to that uh, and look forward to e- events like that.
0: Good. Good to hear. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get uh, get a few more contacts for you out of this interview.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. And 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 I do. Once in a while, I do get to the Bay Area. You live in San Francisco, is it?
0: Hmm. Yes, across the Bay in the East Bay.
1: Okay. Uh. Yeah. I have a son who lives in Oakland, and a brother. Oh. Actually. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm just north of Oakland.
1: Okay, like Berkeley or.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh
1: huh. Yeah. Um. And uh, I'm working on a book with my friend Steve Earle, who's the actual author. And...
0: Right. Is there a publication date for that
1: uh no not yet um uh, w- w- our our I- ideal is to find a publisher like uh sounds true who who might mm-hmm. who would who would publish it but you know we haven't gone t- we we're, we're just putting together a proposal uh, mm-hmm. so uh and uh so so once that's complete for sure I'd I'd love to uh get a copy into your hands.
0: Oh, I appreciate that. Most definitely, and I will uh uh yeah, we'll keep in touch and when it's ready, I can let the let my contact list
1: know about it and uh spread the word. Okay, great. Well, well thank you so much.
0: Um, Thank you, Norio. I really appreciate
1: your time. And likewise.